Hello and welcome back to Cast Iron, the podcast all about metal and occasionally metalcore. Uh, my name is Alan Williamson and I'm joined as always by Lewis Clark. How are you doing, Lewis? I'm doing very well, buddy. Good to be back. Um, yeah, this is an interesting one. I, I've It's been a while since we've done something that I haven't been familiar with. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to doing well, this. I'll- Allow me to introduce you to the thrash speed metal classic. Uh, this week we're covering Megadeth's Rust in Peace. So how have you not heard this before? So how's that even, how's that even possible? I know, because I know, it's a bit this weird. Was, um, this was like one of the first, um, like Megadeth were one of the first metal bands I, I got into. Once I first, once I once I got past all the the Papa Roach and Lincoln Park shit and started getting into the real hardcore stuff, I, I just pretty much spent I don't know when I was fifteen through to seventeen exclusively listening to the likes of Maiden and Megadeth and things. Yeah, so I, yeah. I was really I was just really surprised that. Um, that you hadn't heard it before well so let's uh, i mean we've spoken about it before not, like not I, judging I, no not no no judging. Not just, so, just just ple- pleasantly surprised yeah no no so we, we've we mentioned it pre- in previous episodes that i sort of got into heavier music around sort of like 2001 2002 so by this point like i'm obviously you know of a certain generation uh, i kind of mm-hmm. missed the boat on a lot of the you know uh, original wave of like thrash and uh, heavy metal and stuff but um so Megadeth, in my head, around that point of me discovering music, was always based purely on what uh, I'd heard through like Metallica fans, essentially. <laughs> so I was aware yeah. that um, Dave Mustaine obviously started out uh, most of his, you know, uh, career as the uh, original guitarist from Metallica, and my main exposure to him, off the back of like knowing him via Metallica, was uh, some kind of monster. Where he uh, appears, oh wow! As okay. yeah, yeah. Um, a bit of a bit of a whiny sort of a <laughs> scene where he still isn't over like it being fired from Metallica and like I suppose that would just sort of formed my opinion of him. Really, it's just like uh, so. So Dave Mustaine is that guy that can't get over the fact that he used to be in Metallica and is not anymore. Um, so that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I can see why. Um, I can see why you wouldn't be a big fan of um, Mustaine if your only experience of him was some kind of monster. Yeah. Um, so. so the so the backstory is for the for the listeners who um, have lived in a, a metal free cave. Yeah. Is that um, Dave Mustaine was one of the original guitarists in uh, Metallica, and he so it's kind of disputed what albums he was involved in, but he was definitely involved with uh, Kill 'Em All. Ride the Lightning, um, and then they basically kicked him out partway through doing work on Master of Puppets uh, because he was a massive heroin addict yeah. and uh, was dragging the band down. Yeah. So then he um, formed his own band called Megadeth, yeah. um, which is not as good a name as Metallica. <laughs> um, no. And, and M- Megadeth have kind of been going for years and years, and it's, it's safe to say that Mustaine's always felt like he was in the, in the shadow of um, Metallica. Yeah, yeah. And, for whatever reason, he's been very unlucky. Where every time Megadeth released a big album, mm. um, so so for example, in 1986, uh, Megadeth released um, Peace Sells, but who's buying? Which is generally regarded as a very very good thrash metal 
album. Yep, yep. Um, but the same year, Metallica released Master of Puppets. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, which, is, which is like one of the one of the greatest heavy metal albums of all time. Yeah. Um, and then you had um, sort of Megadeth would go on to release uh, Countdown to Extinction in 1992, which yep. I believe was the same year as Metallica's The Black Album. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Which yeah. which is this um, which is a massive. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna check the dates now to make sure I'm talking pish. Okay, no. So Metallica's um, Black Album is 1991. Okay, okay. Which kind of you know change the landscape of uh radio friendly crossover metal yeah and i I like i I, a lot of people will say like black albums when metallica went off the rails but i I really i think it's a i think it's a classic Mm. so even though megadeth have released um a lot of great albums and hopefully we're gonna talk about this as one of them yeah um they've never really got the the same world renown that um the metallica have yeah yeah. so this so this culminates um whenever metallica were recording their album saint anger yeah and the band all kind of hated each other they were in a creative rut and they um and they they had were seeing therapists yeah and this is all documented in a documentary movie about the making of saint anger called some kind of monster yeah which is what i was referring to yep and part of that movie is where they meet up with dave mustaine yeah this is in when was Saint Anger? It must have been about two thousand three, two thousand four. Yeah, two thousand three, I think. Yeah. And um, so, even though Dave was kicked out of the band in around nineteen eighty four, yeah, um, twenty years later, he is he is still not over it. Yeah, yeah. And and I I I, I was thought he was a bit of a, a tragic figure. I can understand how he thought he was a bit of a dick, but I just <laughs> I felt so sorry for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so so since then, um, I think. It's probably safe to say that actually, where Metallica, you know, circled the bull and went down it, and haven't really had a good album since the the early nineties. Yeah, um, Megadeth have actually been pretty consistent. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, they they've got one of their albums is a, this live double disc called Rude Awakening. Right. Okay. Which is probably one of the best live albums I've ever heard. Okay. And it's got a really good um, Storm Thorgerson cover, but they basically had they've had ups and downs. They've had good albums. They've had shitty albums, um, and. I'll, I'll recommend one for you later if okay. you can uh, hang on to the end. Yeah, 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 definitely. So um, I don't disagree that Dave Mustaine is a bit weird and has really unappealing political values. Yeah, this is definitely the thing, isn't it? Like, in, especially sort of later now, like, I've obviously, my initial opinion of him wasn't particularly positive enough for me to actually go and bother to check out Megadeth. As time has gone on and he has been more uh, politically spoken, um, I have decided to steer as clear as I can from him. <laughs> um, just based on that, to be honest with you, like, uh, yeah. And it's 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 got to the point where so they released an album called Dystopia. That was their latest album, and it came out in uh, 2016. And I can't enjoy it mm. because the lyrics are so bad. Wow, they're just okay. they're they're so disingenuous and beyond the pale. Now we're going to talk about some of the songs in Rust in Peace and it's things like Hangar 18 which is a song about, you know, aliens and Area 51. <laughs> yep. The problem is that the day of, of uh, 1992 when, or 1990 when Rust in Peace was released, yeah, yeah. Um, he was able to do it in a kind of tongue-in-cheek way. Yep. Um, the the Dave of 2016's Dystopia yeah. genuinely thinks that all the things he's singing about are real. So all of the weird conspiracy stuff yeah, that, yeah. you know, has, has a nice cheesy fun vibe to it, yep. uh, it's not fun anymore. Yeah, I think I read somewhere as well that Endgame was based on an Alex Jones thing called Endgame as well, which is... Uh, Tells oh, you about shame, as, yeah. I, it tells I you about Endgame. as much as oh, that's, that's a that's oh. a that's a real that's a real shame because it is a um it's a really good album. But yeah, anyway, yeah. 
let's not let's not let's not spoil any potential recommendations I have because because <laughs> yeah. uh, the the Megadeth recommendations thin out after the mid nineties. Yeah, um, yeah, this is the first thrash album we've done, isn't it? I think it is the first thrash album we've done. Yeah, so. Um... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's been long overdue. I think <laughs> we continue to go about this a bit of a weird way, and that like, we're always tackling Look, if we <laughs> if we did it in, and, <laughs> I mean, if we did it chronologically, we'd um, not only would it take us forever, yeah, um, yeah. It, it wouldn't be as fun. You need to have a, and the reason I picked this one is because we haven't recorded in so long, and as well as doing the Every Time I Die album, which we covered in the last episode, that yep. I struggled to get through. I was like, I need something to just know and yeah, I can yeah. just talk about at length. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> hence, hence this. But yep. um, so we talked a little bit about it in the the last episode. But um, thrash is, I guess, one of the the prototypical heavy metal genres. And yep. while you had the the new wave of British heavy metal um, in the sort of late seventies, early eighties, and you yep. had your kind of Judas Priest, Black Sabbath, Iron Maiden types um, in America, they were taking much more influence, like rather than like prog rock and hard rock. So where yeah, with the British ones come from like Zeppelin and Deep Purple and bands like that. Yep. Um, the American ones took influence from hardcore punk bands. Absolutely. Yep. So you've got the you've got this mashing of the kind of more melodicy, almost classical musicy bits, especially Metallica, but also mashed with that hardcore punk. Yeah, and yeah. Particularly where you hear Megadeth is in Mustaine's vocal delivery. Yeah, yeah. Which isn't singing so much. I've heard it described as a kind of snotty, yeah, like quite quite a snarled delivery. Yeah, um, and you've basically got the the big four thrash bands, which are Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, and Anthrax. Yep, um, and Anthrax are pretty good. They're nobody's favorite, uh, but you know people <laughs> like them. And then you've got the other three, and you can kind of you know choose which your, your favorite one is. Yeah, yeah. It seems it's that's always pretty, seems that's pretty way, much it. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I suppose that's probably enough background, isn't it? We should just um, we should just get cracking. I yeah, think. yeah. Well, well. Um, do, do we need to clarify first who who you are with the the, the three? <laughs> are you a Megadeth ooh. man? <laughs> I would probably go Megadeth. Yeah. Okay. okay um, fair enough. Like I re I really like Metallica. Yeah. Um, I don't dislike Slayer, but I really haven't listened too much to them beyond Rain and Blood. Oh, to be okay. perfectly honest. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. So Which I'm definitely a, a Slayer guy myself, personally. But like yourself, like like you, I I I have uh, a taste for Metallica as well. Um, but yeah, this is my first foray into Megadeth. So yeah, interesting, interesting listen. This. So 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 here we go and. Um, Rust in Peace. Um, so this kind of comes. Uh, so I think it's her fourth album. So they, I'm trying to remember because I'm looking at my iTunes, but I haven't got the first two albums in it. So the right, first okay. one was called um, "Killing Is My Business" and "Business Is Good." <laughs> uh, then we had uh, yeah, um, which actually has a um, alternate take on Metallica's "The Four Horsemen," which is called "Mechanics." Me- mechanics. Yeah, Mustaine, yeah, yeah. And it's Mustaine trying to prove that he's better than Metallica, but faster. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yep. Um, then you've got. Um, I think the next one, is, well, the next one's either so far so good, so what, or peace sells. I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm gonna have to look that up. I can't tell. <laughs> Let's see, Mega Death Discography. Um, but anyway, there, there's um, there's so far so good, so what, which is all right, I guess. Yep. Um, and then you've got oh no, okay. So the second album is uh, peace sells, but who's buying? Right. But okay. That one was released on the day I was born. Oh wow. Okay. It was the 19th of September, 1986. So yeah. that album is um, 32 years old and still rocking, just mm. like me. <laughs> uh, and that, then you've got So Far So Good So What, which is, uh, doesn't leave a lasting memory. There's probably some good tracks on it, but mm. it doesn't, 
Nah, it's 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 not great. Okay, was. okay. And then you've got then you've got Rust in Peace. Okay, and, and it's actually it's kind of a it's different because Megadeth's early albums were what you consider to be that prototypical hardcore thrashy sound. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't as um, didn't have as many like movements to it and transitions as say Metallica stuff at the time, like Master of Puppets and especially Justice for All. Right. And okay. So Rust in Peace is kind of a transitional album where they've got some of the classic-y thrash sound to it, but also there's more proggy complex bits. Am I right in thinking as well that this album is the first with um, Marty Friedman and is it Nick Menza, the drummer? Um, definitely the first one with Marty Friedman. Yeah, yeah, because and like that doesn't it, uh, doesn't yep, this it is like the first fo- one with Nick Menza. There yep. we go. So like, doesn't this form like the first album of like what is kind of regarded as like the classic era of Megadeth? Pretty much, because yeah. they went on to do like Rust in Peace, Countdown to Extinction, um, Euthanasia, and then uh, Cryptic Writings. Okay. So that is um, yeah, that's 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 about right. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So yeah, um, Marty Friedman's a weird one, eh? Um, do you know, have you seen much of his career post Megadeth? <laughs> um, no, I haven't. Okay, so should he's I, should I have? Well, he, he's, he's he's popped up in a few different albums. He's still very very um, prolific. Let's put it that way. But he's he's found a bit of a weird uh, name for himself in Japan of all places. He's really really yeah. popular in Japan. Um to the point that like every time I've been out there he is he's a cover star on one of the guitar magazines. <laughs> um I don't know oh, he lives what in it, Japan though. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So um yeah, a bit of a strange one. And also um because it's it's always relevant to get uh, video games into a metal podcast. Um there's a there's a strange um so there's a terrible Sonic game called Sonic and the Black Knights, and uh, one of the songs on there features Marty Friedman. <laughs> you are kidding. Nope. <laughs> I, I can't believe I don't know that. That's like, that's like the ultimate crossover fact for us, that there you Marty go, there Friedman you go. did a solo in a Sonic game. There you go. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, Marty Friedman's wow. a very interesting character, let's put it that way. Oh dear. Well, I think I, I need a couple of seconds to process that. So <laughs> I think we should just move on to the first song, yeah, which absolutely. is uh, which is "Holy Wars: The Punishment Due." So this is the the best song ever written about Northern Ireland. Okay. The, uh, oh wow. Oh, this is what <laughs> the this second is. The second is U 2s Sunday Bloody Sunday, right. and then the third is your favorite Van Morrison track. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so the so the background to this song, I'm not sure okay. it's apocryphal, but I've heard it so many times. I'm, I'm assuming it's true. Is that um, uh, Megadeth were touring in Northern Ireland, and I don't know if they were you know on their own or if it's some kind of festival. Right. Okay. And. Um, Dave saw uh, the stand of people selling fake merchandise. And so he went over and sort of said, you know, what's all this for? And it, or, but well, it's Dave Mastino, what's all this for? <laughs> and the guy behind the stall said, oh, it's for the cause. So he was like, oh, okay. And he assumed that the cause meant, you know, like I don't know, poor Irish people or something like that. So, oh, okay. So Dave Mustaine gets up and um, he starts, uh, before he rips into a cover of Anarchy in the UK. Right. Um, he shouts, this is for the cause. So so the cause, for those of you who don't know, is the IRA. Yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> they basically got bottled off the stage and had to leave in um, I think armored police wagons, probably. Oh, um, 
And off the back of that, he wrote this song, Holy Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, as subtle as a brick to the head. God. And that, I think that probably sums up Dave Mustaine yeah. to, to quite an extent. Um, but um, what, a, what an opening track. Oh, I mean, this, like, so coming into this as someone who's never heard Megadeth was quite um, surprising, to be honest with you. I absolutely adore this. Um, it's got a really lovely sort of speed metal riff at the start. It reminded me a yep. lot of um, Accept. Have you ever heard, like, Fast as a Shark? Um, um, very sort of classic no, speed but metal I've, track. No, but I've yeah. kind of... Uh, I think I've, I might have heard in one of the more recent Accept albums, but not yeah, that yeah. one. But yeah, no. Uh, so I was like, "Oh wow, this is yeah, very much in the speed metal vein, more than like thrash, maybe." Um, I mean, yeah. this is obviously a thrash album. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's not. It doesn't fit in that genre at all. But it's just um, the the speed of the riffs is just so sort of like, oh, just yeah, really satisfying, really sort of like adrenaline fueled. Um, I just instantly was like, I'm on board with this band. <laughs> so that was really nice. Um, and then, yeah, you get the first, obviously, example of uh, Dave's r- sort of raspy sung vocals. Um, they're, they're interesting, let's put it that way. There's, there's, there's definitely melody to his voice, but at the same time, he's got that sort of, uh, like you say, that sort of um, snarled sound to his voice, which is kind of unique, but very sort of uh, thrash, I guess. It's, I think a lot he's of... De- he's de- you wouldn't call him a good. You wouldn't call him like a particularly like talented singer, but I think he, I think it always works pretty well. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, he's a good he's a good storyteller. Yeah, and he put he puts a lot of emotion into it, and, and somehow it works. I think and I think it works because he it is more like a punk delivery where he's yeah, kind of yeah. shouting it more than he's he's shouting it more than he's singing it. But as yeah, soon as yeah. he goes, Holy <laughs> so yeah, he does yeah. he does um, he's got a very distinct voice especially when he says the word life there's like yeah, a youtube yeah. super cut of him just going laugh for <laughs> oh my god times. um but I'll, yeah so I'll, the, send, I'll send you that after the podcast oh, treat. i will but, um, i will appreciate that but yeah the, the real surprise for me was just that this was really progressive there's no like um yes chorus and, and this is like so they do this thing um they didn't quite a lot of their songs where anything with an, an ellipsis yep. kind of means this song's going to change a bit in the middle yeah so yeah. they the main riff and the bits of the song that is holy wars right okay. and there's this bit in the middle that's called the punishment due and this is right like the, okay that's the a slower sh- bit and yeah, yeah. so that's 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 what it means that's what and you hear that again at the end of the album with the uh, polaris rust in peace yeah, similar yeah. kind of idea yep absolutely um so yeah that that slower section is a lot more sort of like classic rock in style i feel i feel it's very stompy um yes yeah no it's it was it was such a surprise to hear like how um yeah, weird and progressive this was. I, I, I was expecting, in my head, I was expecting the thrash equivalent of Five Finger Death Punch. And what I instead got was... Um, <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, yeah. I just <laughs> quite, quite, quite a slur. <laughs> I was just expecting Megadeth to be a lot more meat-headed just because of what I, I've, you know, I've read and heard about Dave Mustaine. So the fact that the, musically this was actually quite accomplished was such a real surprise and... Um, yeah, I very, very much enjoyed this opening. Really cool. I think, and the and the best bit of this is, um, I think, absolutely at the end of the punishment juice section, where there's a ding, 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 and it just <laughs> yeah. goes bang, and it just absolutely smashes into it. And then, yeah. um, so the so I had to look up who does the solos in this because it's not always clear, right? Okay. Um, and I, and I remembered that in the liner notes it tells you who does the solo. So I had to go to Megadeth's website to find oh, out wow, who okay. does each yeah, one. Yeah. Um, and the solo at the end of this one is uh, Mustaine playing, and it's an all-time classic. 
And and one of the things that if you're if you're kind of new to Megadeth, you might not realize that Dave Mustaine's actually like one of the best guitar players of all time. He's, <laughs> he's, he's you know, and it's not even I'm not even hyping it up. Yeah, yeah. Like he always he always comes top of you know any guitarist's listing of yep. who's the best guitarist. Wow. Okay. And I remember one time where he did win like you know, the best guitarist of all time award from some magazine, and he was yep. like, "I finally beat Metallica." <laughs> That's pretty much what he said. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, oh, but he man. but he's a phenomenally talented um, guitar player, and um, some of the some of the riffs in in this album and the, the solos are notoriously hard. Mm. And um, so I was kind of googling around to see you know what people thought of it, and uh, somebody had said, uh, "Yeah, don't don't learn to play Megadeth solos if you're a starting guitarist. <laughs> you're not going to get very far." Oh, but so, yeah, uh, no, um, it's very impressive. Like just the the whole composition of this just the way it, it moves it's so progressive and interesting i was really taken aback by how this begins i've got to say and um yeah it, it really helps um just to see how opposite they were to my my preconceptions to be honest with you it's like wow well, it's always okay. nice to be pleasantly surprised isn't yeah it? yeah it's it, um, as well it, it makes sense now in my head as to why this band are so well renowned among thrash circles. Um, it, it's obvious now. It's like, oh, they are actually a good band, <laughs> you know. Like, it's just one of those things. So yeah. So there's um, there's probably three tracks in this album that are um, you know you'll hear in any Megadeth live set list. Yeah. I've seen them about twice now. Mm. Oh yeah, I've got a good I've got a good Megadeth story. Okay. Which is. Um, uh, before um, my fiance and I started dating, right, um, we had we had just started talking, so it would have been September a couple of years ago. Yep, and um, I found out that Megadeth were playing in London. Right, okay. Said, do, you, do you want to go to this Megadeth gig? And, uh, <laughs> she said yes. So yep. before we had even started uh, dating. We'd already booked to go and see Megadeth just, just as friends. <laughs> there we go. And uh, I think if that if, if that didn't tell me um, that you know we're destined to be together, <laughs> the conversation the week after about which Metal Gear Solid game was best. Her <laughs> answer was Peace Walker, which was a good choice. <laughs> oh, a bit of a um, le- bit of a left field choice though. Yeah, well, that's what impressed me. I was like, oh wow, the PSP one. That's, that's left field. Um, so, <laughs> so that's my that's my other Megadeth story. Uh, but they always play. Holy Wars, and they always play this next track, which is Hangar 18. And it's another classic. Yeah. It, it's another... Um, so the opening riff to this is apparently um, Metallica's Call of Cthulhu, which Mustaine also wrote, oh, but it's uh, okay. dramatically sped up. It's actually the same progression. Oh, that's interesting. Um, okay. So I absolutely love the main riff of this. I love the little... Um, the bend in it. It was... Nah, 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 that's just so... <laughs> oh, yeah, that's yeah. just really nice. Yep. Um, and I love how heavy the bass is in the mix. Mm. It's actually like like the bass is quite well mixed in this album in general. Well, yeah, I'm listening yeah. to the 2004 remaster. I think it's it's really hard to find the originals now because Megadeth put out so many remasters of all their albums. Right. Okay. Um, but um, I think I'm listening to one of those remasters. But um, excellent, um, excellent interplay between the guitar and the bass. Oh yeah, it's a really cracking song. Um, I'd say this one was more traditionally structured. Uh, it's not as progressive as maybe the previous track. But um, it's it, and it's more sort of like hard rock. I feel this one. It's not as like yep. uh, typically 
uh, atypically metal. Um, so that was quite interesting as well. I'd like to see that there's um, quite a uh, sort of variety to their sound as well. Um, I think what makes it what makes it really metally is that it kind of goes, you know, it does that, yeah, yeah. But then instead of um, doing a proper chorus, yeah, it just does a solo, yeah. Well, lots so of, kind of solos, got, <laughs> yeah. So you've got because you've got a couple of um, the solos in the middle of the song are Marty Friedman, right? But the end of it is basically this face melting solo duel yeah, between yeah. Mustaine and Friedman, yeah. Um, and I wouldn't play it at a wedding, but it's uh, but it's fucking tremendous. It's um, it's a it's a really really um, just another excellent track. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's a little bit more mid paced as well. It's not as um, instantly in your face speed metal like the first track as well. So uh, I, I think if you were going to introduce someone to the band, Hangar Eighteen might be a quite a nice entry point because it's like again, it's like I said, it's more traditionally structured as a song, more like a hard rock song. Uh, more mid-paced and just yeah it's it's manageable to like take in whereas holy wars for example is such a progressive weird song yeah yeah yeah, it might be a bit like whoa okay um but at the same time that was my introduction to them so uh it absolutely won me over Uh, Uh, well if you want to if you want to separate the the fans from the pretenders just uh, (laughs) drop them in drop them in the holy wars that's it um i think like one of the interesting things about um the way megadeth like compose songs and compose solos and especially Mustaine is that even though they're really fast they're kind of compositionally bounded by what the song is yeah yeah I never feel like I feel like with a lot of um a lot of guitar solos they're either just somebody kind of repeating the main tune with a couple of bands which is like you know the the worst kind of solo yeah that's like a kind of um I don't know John Frusciante Californication style stuff compared to (laughs) compared to his other really good guitar work yeah yeah um and then you've got um the guitar soup where somebody just shreds up and down it over and over and over the, and over, the, and over. the Slayer style, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then and then you've got this in the middle where Mustaine's almost kind of in the edge of that, and you yeah. can tell he can play really quick, but he doesn't abuse it. And I yeah. think it's really it's really well matched. Like it would be, it wouldn't be hard for Dave Mustaine and Marty Friedman to have like you know a Yingwei Malmsteen style face off, but yeah, it would yeah. be very listenable. Well, but there's there's a lot of melody to their solos though, which is very yes. impressive. So yeah. yes. The only thing I'd say with the solos on Hangar 18 is I think maybe it's a tad excessive. It does feel like the entire back half of the song is solos. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty, it pretty much is. Yeah. But, but it's not excessive when you hear it live. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, just, it's just good, clean fun. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I enjoyed uh, that one a lot as well. A really cool, really cool track. So we're on to the next track, which is Take No Prisoners. And this one is, um, I think, this is probably the closest to the earlier Megadeth albums, like uh, "Killing Is My Business." Oh, okay. Um, this is got a more of a, I think, more of a punky feel. Yeah, it's um, on that same intensity of the of Holy Wars as well. I think, yeah. Although the opening riff, uh, I wrote down, it's like a thrashing uh, "Flight of the Bumblebee." It's still, it's still really quick. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of movement in the bass. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's. But it's a bit, it's a bit shorter and snappier, and, and closer to those kind of early thrash tracks. You haven't got that that progginess to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the thing I really liked about this one was the drumming um, is incredibly technical. Um, there, the Nick Menzer's absolutely all over the shop on this one, um, and I was just 
yeah, again, like musicianship in Megadeth is quite fascinating, to be honest with you. Um, I was really, really taken aback by just how technical they could be. And this is another like absolutely expert sort of showcase piece, but more for the drums for me anyway. Um, and I felt like the, uh, the whole take no prisoners, take no shit catchy lyric at the end is very daft <laughs> yeah. and very metal um yeah. <laughs> that's a very that's a very mistaken um any anytime you can get a get a swear word in there that's a, that's a, a mis- good good mistaken snarl yeah <laughs> so yeah like again uh, i that really helps like this sort of stick in my mind because with a lot of progressive music as well like it it takes a few plays for you to sort of like um for, for it to really sort of like meld with you whereas uh this one was it, yeah that 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 last passage in particular is so catchy that like you, you couldn't help but like remember it so it's one of the ones that i've taken away from this is like being a bit of a standout for me uh, it, this is what i thought about this one is th- I, I was like hmm, i wonder what ones lewis will enjoy it's all the ones <laughs> that are kind of written these are the more punky thrashy yeah yeah um man- manic ones yeah this is good um at least you like some of it. This could have been a really long, awkward episode. You'd be going, oh, this is amazing. This is so good. And you're going, uh, no, it's uh, not very good at all. <laughs> well, you'll be... It's you, so annoying and, and strange. You, I don't want to spoil anything, but I did quite like most of this album, it's got to be said. So um, you definitely picked good. well here, buddy. <laughs> so, it's, it's nice to have something we can both enjoy. This is like the, um, the Jester Race episode. That yeah, was really I was terrified. Going, oh, what, if Lewis, what if Lewis thinks this is <laughs> shit? You know, I don't think I'll be able to do another episode. Um, <laughs> Uh, so we'll probably move on to the next track, which is Five Magics. So this is an interesting so, beginning. This is a really interesting one. And yeah, yeah. Megadeth don't do a lot of nerdy Dungeons and Dragons type tracks. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but the opening lick I think is like quite quite an evil, eerie. Oh, thing very to it. creepy, foreboding kind of sound to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you could you could play this over like a production of Macbeth when you're <laughs> in your high school. Yeah. Um, but um, it fools you into thinking you're getting a breather for two minutes. Oh, absolutely! Like, nah, yeah, yeah, no, you're not. No, you're yeah, not. Back to the back of the noodling. Here we go. That's it. Um, Opens up into a really big, thrashy, fast riff, and yeah, I, I, again, very progressive in structure. Felt like this song was constantly evolving. Um, really, just the movement of this one is all over the place, um, and yeah, really enjoyed it. Again, it, it was um, just again, <laughs> throughout this entire record, it's just such a such a lovely sort of surprise to to know to to realize just how accomplished Megadeth are. So yeah, no. Really it, what in, what interested me about coming back to Rust and Pace is um, some of the tracks I just know I know exactly what the tune is. Yeah, yeah. I can I, I remember the the solos in really good detail. Yeah. Then there were tracks like Five Magics and Poison Was the Cure. And I'm like, oh, is this song any good? Yeah. And every time I listen to it, it's like, yep, yep, it's good. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think as well, um, like, just because of the, like, progressive nature of it, like, this one is a little bit more difficult to sort of remember just because there's so much going on in it. Um, and I don't think that's a disservice to the song. I think that's more just a case of, like, it, it, it is harder to remember progressive songs. It's got to be said. Like, and um, I think the yeah. the bit I remembered was the the kind of chant at the end. He's going, "I master five magic." <laughs> so remember that because he, he repeats that quite a lot. Yeah. And then there's another like 
delightful solo at the end. Yes, I actually throw in there. Made the same note. I really love the outro riff and the solo. Like, um, yeah, that was a real sort of like lovely punctuation on the end of this song, sort of thing. Really lovely. And since I've made notes about the solos, that's another Mustaine special at the end of that. Oh well, there you go. So all the solos I've picked up on so far have been the Mustaine special. So there you go. If you if you go to Megadeth.com. It breaks down the album and it tells you who does the solos. And I remember thinking that was really weird whenever yeah. you know I was getting into them back in the early two thousands. But now, when you're doing a podcast, it's really helpful. Yeah, yeah, thanks, guys. I think as well, like that might have been a bit of a product of the thrash era because I know for for a fact that the liner notes in Rain and Blood for by Slayer also have the solos named um, specifically, like if it's Jeff Hanneman or if it's Kerry King. So, um, mm. so that might that might just be something that the thrash bands did. <laughs> um, I don't know. So I guess it doesn't yeah. happen as much. Maybe it doesn't happen as much in Metallica because um, it was just Kirk Hammett doing a lot of the solos. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know how many solos James Hetfield actually does, but they. I've always considered them to have more of a a lead rhythm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's a like a lead rhythm dichotomy? Yeah. Um, whereas Megadeth, you've got you know the previous lead guitarist of Metallica kind of doing the rhythm guitars, kind of mm. not. I think that's what makes it. That's what makes it so complicated. Yeah, I mean, yeah that's no, what totally. makes it. That's what makes the music so so dense yep. and um, challenging for people who want to to learn it. Like it's great to listen to. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then you actually think about you know how that's being constructed and, and the way their like their hands are moving when you're watching them on stage. You think, oh man, that's um, that's like that's like spaghetti noodles. That's, yeah, yeah. That's, Well, I think um, as well. So... Like, um, isn't Dave Mustaine kind of like the only real mainstay of Megadeth? Um, so like he's yes, obviously, that's, he's obviously that's, why they're called, that's why they're called Mega Dave. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like that that would explain to me like he's obviously got his hands in a lot of the songwriting, regardless of whether or not he's uh, a lead guitarist or a rhythm guitarist. It's just he is all over these tracks. His influence. Well, I is think um, heavy on the uh, songwriting. I mean, I'm pretty sure that um, Marty Friedman, um, like obviously he wrote all his own solos. Yeah, yeah. So he did do those. Um, I don't know for the the riffs i'll go to marty friedman's website and look it up I was reading that earlier. <laughs> yeah yeah so um what does he say for so he says for take no prisoners there are some busy rhythm lead breaks and stops in the middle of the song that were a bitch to play in time this is before pro tools and quant quantizing so you really had to nail stuff oh, okay um, he says um for five magics i'm quite pleased with the main solo in the middle the rhythm underneath the solo is in some crazy time signature and i managed to do something with the solo that makes the whole section sound a little less progressive and something a little more eerily aggressive oh, okay. i was having a hard time nailing the the fast thrashy pedaling rhythm part towards the end <laughs> so um uh, one of the um producers gave him one of slash's guitar picks that was lying around and he nailed the part in one take really oh well, that's that's a cool Mad- story Magic. I enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as we get on to the next one, um, Mustaine did come up with the, the riff for that. So okay. that, I think I think you're probably right that um, that Mustaine wrote most of the riffs for it. Yeah. Um, but but Friedman definitely wrote his own solos, and yeah, some yeah. of those were improvised in a winner and stuff in the studio. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like whenever we we did the Jester Race one, and we talked about the solo to December Flower that a session guitarist walked in and nailed in a winner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, they're just on another level. I can't even begin to appreciate the talent. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And again, like it's just nice to see how how much influence Stain had them on the music. I th- I would have, I, I I was always assuming that he was going to be, you know, main rhythm is going to be him, but like. For him to be involved in so many of the solos as well is just just a showcase to the to the man himself. Like he obviously 
a very talented guitarist. Well, uh, there was one point, I think it was probably the mid-2000s, where he developed RSI, probably from playing all these yeah, didn't they, songs every night. Didn't they break and up they, for a bit because he was like, yeah, yeah they rehabilitation did. Yeah, for they, it, yeah. They, they did, um, but, but obviously they came back. But um, I guess this guy, that, that kind of fast, heavy playing is, is definitely not without its um, risks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So now we're on to uh, the next track, which is Poison Was The Cure. This is a this is a nice laid back one. Um, more, <laughs> only joking. Uh, uh, after the first minute, it's here. Here's the maddest riff ever. Yeah, it's here, <laughs> here it is. Another absolute ripper. God, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Really cool track. I didn't make too many notes on this one, other than another really fast speed metal track. <laughs> and in my mind, I was enjoying that. So yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I love the I love the trick that it um, it does that do do do. Do, do, oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I know. Do, 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 yep. do. It's like it's like it's, it's almost like kind of sleazy, like almost like a bluesy, yeah, a bit of a southern rock yeah, kind yeah, of thing yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, cool, cool track. Uh, very much enjoyed this one as well. Again, it, it, to be five songs into a nine-track album and be just absolutely loving every moment of it. Um, yeah, I was still quite taken aback by this. <laughs> Megadeth are a good I, band. <laughs> you're, you're doubting everything you once did for. Um, yep. With this one, Poison Was The Cure, uh, solo check, this is a Friedman one. Oh, uh, this is the go. first one he recorded on the album. Oh, um, wow, okay. Uh, so that was actually the first one he did, but it's just, it, you really do have to stop and listen to this. It takes about two or three listens to go, oh, I need to listen to that solo again. I yeah, need to listen yeah. to that again. Oh, wow, that really was, that really was sublime. Yeah, yeah. And that's you, why it's so fun. You've got this band here, like, at the top of their game. Yeah. And just nailing it track after track after track. Yeah, yeah. You're definitely the solo man, Alan. That's got to be said. Like, because, uh, I, just, I mean... I just I, really I mean, like a good solo. It just, just gives yeah. me goosebumps. Solos for me, right? I can take or leave, um, to be honest with you. Like, as long as it feels like it's, uh, it's, it's at service of the song, I think I'm more into solos that way. Uh, if they feel, like, really well-placed and... Like they're actually doing something melodically that's important to the song, then I absolutely love a good solo. But at the same time, certain bands do get a bit um, self-indulgent and solos can feel a little bit tacked on and that's when I'm not so keen on them. So yeah, like I said, I can take or leave them. Who are, but, you, who are you thinking of as like the, the solo wank masters? I mean... Um, any 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 prog band? <laughs> <laughs> it is more progressive music. Uh, Slayer do come to mind. It's got to be said. Um, they are very much the noisy solo band, and there's like no real melody to them to their solos. They're very atonal and very sort of like as high up the neck as possible, just uh, screech in your head. <laughs> um, so yeah, they they're not really in service of the song, other than being really noisy. Um, so that's probably my as much as I love Slayer, don't get me wrong. Like it's it's more the that their riff work and their speed that I really are, and the, and their drumming in particular. I love Dave Lombardo; he's probably one of my favorite drummers of all time. Um, that really attracts me to them. So yeah, it's that Slayer are definitely one of the key examples of like here's not how to do solos. But um, there is some talent in there. I think um, Jeff Hanneman in particular has a lot more sort of melody to his his solo writing, whereas Kerry just absolutely loves to make noise. Which is uh, not surprising when you look at the man. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of um, 
of, of solo abuse in songs. I mean, I'm a massive Dream Theater fan, but they do have their moments where it gets a bit much when you get into yeah. the, the, dueling, the dueling guitar and keyboard solos. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, I think I, what I need to do is do a solo spin-off showcase. I'll try and pick five solos that are like, not just not just Dream Theater or um, Dave Mustaine solos. Because... <laughs> I kind of have a uh, there's quite a lot of um, really weird bands that you wouldn't associate with that kind of stuff that just have a really like beautiful I think it's a, a perfectly taught solo maybe yeah, I should yeah. do that as a, a side project maybe a Christmas special <laughs> so Poison Was the Cure that's another fun one again um, what I would consider to be more of that classic classic Megadeth style taking you back to Killing Us My Business and Peace Cells yeah, yeah it's got more more punky more like snarly but but also like it's a it's a it's got a lot of got a lot of groove to it. This one, yeah, it's a really interesting track. No, totally, totally. I I agree completely. It's uh yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's another just yeah surprising speed metal track that I I, I wasn't expecting from Megadeth, and yeah, I really really enjoy that 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 pace and that sort of uh like I say, I I really likened it to Accept quite a lot, which was it was really like a nice surprise because I didn't expect so. Uh, I was expecting you didn't, them. You didn't expect to accept <laughs> Oh, get the, out. Your life. <laughs> Off the podcast. Hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> You're fired. Uh, um, uh, but what interests me is like, I used to consider, I, was, I would have said that was one of the weaker tracks on the album. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, but, well, apart from Dawn Patrol, which I haven't even made any notes for. That's just yeah, a waste yeah. of time. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but, um, not, but it's, you know... There aren't really any duffers. No, no, not at all. I, I, so, I mean, yeah. So far, I've been enjoying pretty much everything that I've been has been thrown my way in this, this album. So it was, yeah, very consistent. Very, very much enjoying this. So now we're on to the next track in the album, and this one is Lucretia. Has a really weird um, Dave Mustaine pretending to be a witch. Um, <laughs> 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 which is just, I, I used to have, um, used to play a lot of like Project Gotham 2 on the Xbox. Right, okay. Um, when I was like late high school years and you could rip CDs to the Xbox, use them as oh, in-game soundtracks. Oh, of course, yeah, 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 and, um, and one of the albums I'd rip was obviously Rust in Peace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you'd be driving around, you know, Metal track, metal track, metal track. And then you just hear the silence and then... Like, oh, it's Lucretia time. Here we go. <laughs> oh, man. That's so weird that like a, a song that isn't actually on the soundtrack for the game reminds you of a certain game. <laughs> uh, just, I just associate all those games with endless hours of playing Gotham 2 online. Oh, God. I had, I had, another, I had a game like that because... Um, What's it? Uh, Excite Truck on the Wii uh, uh, is like supporting of custom soundtracks. So I, I put like a little metal playlist together. And um, I'm pretty sure Bullet for Valentine was on that, and uh, yeah, that that always reminds me of blasting around in excite truck. So yeah, <laughs> so you were driving around to a mix CD, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Um, uh, so this one has what I think probably one of the catchiest riffs on the on the album. Yeah, it's structurally very similar to Hangar 18 as well, in that it's more like a classic rock song. I feel um, the 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 lyrics and the vocals in particular reminded me a lot of Dio. Actually, um, just the way he sings them is very sort of like. Yeah, 
um, you know, <laughs> that, that style, that sort of old school heavy metal. Um, yeah, really, really enjoyed this a lot. And another absolutely fantastic solo, um, like during the end passage of the song, I was just, oh, God, the guitar work on this album is good. So this one has a solo watch. Is this is a Marty versus Dave solo face off again? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so and good. the I believe the um, the first solo, which is da no 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 no, and that is the Marty Friedman one. Oh okay. Um, so Marty says this solo is a great example of my playing. It's got it all. It sounds worked out, but it really wasn't. I follow all the chord changes differently, almost like a jazz player, which I definitely am not. To explain <laughs> this solo, technically would take a page and a half and a music professor. I'm quite pleased with this one. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, you should um, be proud of it because I, I, it was a standout one for me. So, yeah. But it is interesting that um, it is almost like a break because of, that, yeah. because of that slower pace and you haven't got that. It's not got the same smashy drive to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It, it is kind of like a, a mid-album break. This is probably the closest Rust in Peace we get to a ballad. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that. You, you, you do make a fair point there. Like I said, like, like, but yeah, like I said, it, it is more traditionally structured as a, you know, as a composition. Um, but yeah, it, maybe this one needed to be an ellipsy song with like another bit, bit of word on the end to like differentiate. <laughs> Lucretia, <laughs> dot, 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 the evil witch. <laughs> yeah, something like that. That would have been perfect and it give you a bit more of an idea of what you're expecting with this one but i suppose like you say it's not it, it's not as encompassing as um some of the other sort of changes on some of the songs it's very much like no. the last passage like you say a bit more like a break almost um so yeah i guess the different the difference with um megadeth is that typically whenever you've got like a, a generic rock band let's just i don't know nickelback or something like that <laughs> yeah Here's a verse, here's a chorus, a verse, and a yeah, chorus, yeah. and a bridge, and do it short solo. Yeah, yeah. Chorus, end. Um, whereas Megadeth should go verse, maybe a chorus, verse, I don't know, maybe a chorus, <laughs> solo, 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 yeah, yeah. end. Yeah, no, it's it's so much more, like I say, progressive in in, in structure. It's it's really interesting. And one track that I think, well, you, your response is going to be interesting. Is okay. The, the next one, which is Tornado of Soul. Right. Okay. So, what have I got for my notes on Tornado Souls? Right. I really enjoy the nice sort of galloping riff at the start. Very sort of classic heavy metal in, in style. Um, and I really enjoyed the way this one flows into the solos. It's got almost like a middle eight this one, and it just feels like it moves into the solos a little bit more naturally. There's not like that clean break like you've had with some of the others, where it's like, right, here's the solo bit now. It felt like this one actually had movement to it. That like it felt like a natural progression. Um, and an interesting song as well, this one, because it maintains the same tempo, whereas a lot of the progressive tracks we've had on this album, sort of, they'll they'll change time yeah, signature change a little time bit. Signature yeah, change signature, slow yeah. down in the middle. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So it was nice that this one, like, maintained that tempo, because it just, it helped with the movement. Um, it just, yeah, it, it flows really, really well, this one. Uh, again, I, I, another track that I absolutely loved. Um, yeah, I, it, and again, I, I, I like... How much sort of of that classic heavy metal, classic rock sort of like sound permeates their their thrash, in particular. Like, um, there's a there's an obvious nod to their influences a lot on the way 
um, they make their own, their their music, and uh, yeah, it's just oh, what a fun old song, eh? So, um, so this afternoon um, today, Jess was working in the city, so I was driving in to pick her up from the train station. Yep, and I wanted to get in as much rust and peace time as I could before the, the show. Yeah, uh, I was listening to other stuff. We had a bit of had a bit of Slayer on the way back as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just so I wasn't talking out of my ass. Slayer. <laughs> and um, so I was listening in the car. And normally, when we're listening to music, we have it like volume level ten or twelve. Yeah. Um, and I had it up at the end of Lucretia. I had it up to twenty two, which is the loudest it's ever been. <laughs> and the speakers nearly exploded on the first hit of Tornado of Souls. Just, <laughs> um, and it was it was very very fun. And I was yeah, pleased yeah. with my car and its lovely speakers. <laughs> um, I I think this one is absolutely unbelievable. Mm. They the 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 opening lick is just incredible. Yeah. Um, and um, I think it's it's one of these things that like um a couple of my brothers play guitar yeah, yeah. and it's always one of these tunes they'd, they'd aspired to play yeah yeah um and there's definitely been i'm sure i think both of them couldn't play it but i remember my brother mark um he'd been playing for a few years and then he sent us all a video of him playing the opening lick to tornado of souls and oh, wow, that was yeah, pretty impressive. Yeah. that's that's uh that's impressive yeah it's got that same um, sort of maiden-esque gallop to it doesn't it like yeah it's really cool yeah, I think I think that's I think that's fair. It's it, I guess it's less of the less of the chords and more of the kind of guitar lead melody. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Um, yeah, which is which is definitely more a maiden esque thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so before we talk about before we talk about that solo. Oh, okay. Um, so the lyrics to this one. Um, this is about Mustaine having a breakup. He's the original emo. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. Oh, the man has heart. I like it. Because <laughs> well, I, I, you, you wouldn't think that that's what it's about. And then you look at the lyrics and you're like, oh, it's just about him um, breaking up with somebody and wanting to go back on the pool. Right, right. <laughs> that, that is, that is, that is genuinely, um, that is genuinely it. Yeah, yeah. Um, when he says, "The land of opportunity, the golden chancery, my future looks so bright." <laughs> there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, that's well, that's kind of sweet in a weird way to know that that man has you know a little bit of a soft side to him. <laughs> But it does sound like he was going to murder his ex, his ex at the end of the song. Mm. <laughs> so, what does Marty Friedman have to say about Tornado of Souls? Mm. He says, "When I finished the solo to this one, Mustaine came into the studio, listened to it down once, turned around without saying a word, shook my hand. <laughs> <laughs> it was at that moment that I felt I was truly the guitarist for this band." <laughs> um, I think this is the best Megadeth solo ever, oh, and I okay. think it's. I think this is probably Alan's top five solos of all time. I think yeah, it's yeah. absolutely perfect. It's the um, it's the solo it, highlight for me on this album. Totally, yeah. yeah. This is a. I think this one's a, a masterpiece. Mm. This like because it's like what will be a good Megadeth track to listen to and get you into. And yeah, definitely. I'm gonna go with Hangar 18 or something like Take No Prisoners. The whole, yep. Anything in the album's good, but in terms of you know why is this band so revered? Yeah, at, at songs like this. Yep. No, no, it's a really really good song. Um, but yeah, it was the thing with this one that really struck me was I just like I I liked that it was um a little bit more consistent than the others. It, it, like I say, it's got that same tempo throughout the entire track. And 
just the 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 flow of it just felt really sort of natural and like yes this is expect this is where i'd like this song to go almost you know like in my head um so yeah very much tick the boxes this one i really really enjoyed tornado souls so you you enjoyed it for the the steady progression and stuff, and I enjoyed it because it got a big juicy fat solo in the middle. <laughs> oh, I love a, that solo! Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's, great. it's a, a crowd pleaser. Mm-hmm. Totally. But it, but that but it really it really is one of the one of the all time greats. And if you haven't listened to it before, I'd strongly recommend you sit down and listen to it after this. Yeah. yeah. Why not listen to it again? Why not listen to it and rewind <laughs> it? Listen to it again, like like I like I do. Pause the episode. Um, where, where we're listening to it now. <laughs> yep. Yep. Just um, I'm just going to be back in about five minutes, mate. Hold on. There we go. <laughs> so, bay, we've got a couple more tracks to go. Although I did I did think as I listened to it today that if the album just kind of ended at that point, you'd be like, wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like dropping the mic. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but, but that's not the case. That, and we have, um, so instead we have Dawn Patrol. Which is the shortest song on the album and probably the most boring, <laughs> which is a bit of a I didn't weird even, thing. I didn't even leave any notes. It's just a, it's just a fellow track, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's just a bass riff on repeat. Um, it's, it, it kind of acts as like a break after being absolutely punished by Tornado of Souls, but also as like a bit of an introduction to uh, the final track. Which is Rust in Peace dot 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 Polaris. <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, a great closer. Um, I don't think there's a, a song on this album I dislike outside of Dawn Patrol, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess I can remember Dawn Patrol, and I think, I, as you say, I do kind of consider it a lead-in to Rust and Peace. Yeah, yeah, totally. But I don't think Rust and Peace necessarily needs a lead-in. No, not at all. Um, and in fact, and this like... This one is... Yeah, um, go on. Th- this, this, I wouldn't say, is more of a typical thrashy style but it's very much a kind of typical megadeth style yeah it's got a lot of swing and to it I it's got a lot of swag yeah, yeah it's got yeah, a big yeah. swagger to yeah, it yeah. Yeah, totally. ladies <laughs> um and it's and if you listen to um sweating bullets off countdown to extinction um that is a a very similar kind of idea where it's got that yeah bop bop to it but um but it's still very very medley and uh, the drums in this track are good as well yeah yeah no totally um as well like as i was mentioned before with tornado Souls and how like um the song flows into the solo and how a few of the other tracks sort of like have a bit of a clean break break sorry before the solo um this one totally has like you actually i think the song entirely stops for a moment and then like it comes back in all together yes, with it, the solo it does yeah yeah so um that was that was interesting in that like um yeah it was more of a Here's the solo bit now, um, but I didn't dislike it for that. It was just more. It was just a different approach to 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 coming back into a solo. Um, but yeah, God Almighty, don't they solo you to death at the end of this? Jesus, another jewel, yep. I think. Yeah, um, I would I would say so. Yeah. What does What does Marty say? <laughs> he says this was my fave tune in the record at the time. The main riff in Rust and Pace is like no other in rock. Absolutely unique. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like, like I say, like we, you know, we picked up on how much of it has a bit of a swing to it, which is very, very much at, at odds with the rest of the record. 
I'm trying to think if there's any other times to do it. There, there are quite... It, it does strike me as something Megadeth do quite a lot. They do have that yeah. slightly but maybe, swingy, but maybe not on this them. album in particular. Maybe it's it, no, not on not on this yeah. album, but it definitely comes up in subsequent albums. Yeah, and, and yeah. Sweating Bullets is the one I I thought of. Yeah, um, I, I think I think you think I think you'd agree if you heard it. So yeah. uh, okay, go one, listen to one it. to check out. Yeah, absolutely. One 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 to check out later. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that... uh, so so what, so what do you think? What's uh, what's your verdict? It, this is a fantastic album, isn't it? I mean, like, it, it make, totally makes sense in my head why Megadeth are one of the top four, you know, when it comes to the thrash, you know, the big four. Um, I, yeah, pleasantly surprised, let's put it that way. I, I really, uh, like I said, I was expecting a very meat-headed, daft, bloody thrash record that didn't really have a lot of substance. And what I got was the complete opposite. It's a really progressive, very accomplished record with some absolute great compositions. Ah, just a great album, man. Really, really enjoyed this a lot. If we had listened to, say, "Killing Is My Business" or particularly "So Far So Good," yeah, I think you might have thought, "What? What's all the hype?" These guys. This is exactly what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this is not that album. No, totally. And um, and I think I think it definitely stands the test of time. It's actually it's better so. than yeah, I thought yeah. it was because I just sort of thought it's a classic. Yeah, but yeah. I've forgotten that all the tracks that I had overlooked. Yep. like uh like poison was the cure are <laughs> really really good yeah yeah no, completely. And, and if you if you cheat and you include dawn patrol as part of rust and peace there's no duffers yep there there's you no, go yeah, there's yeah. no there's no no filler whatsoever yeah yeah so yeah it's going to be a bit of a challenge for you to decide on what my favorite track is then eh? <laughs> oh, you've got to pick from yeah. it's, it's, you know eight incredibly brilliant songs um well, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna guess not... that yours is tornado of songs let's put it that way it's gotta be. Yeah, yeah. It's gotta be. Mine isn't. So um, if you want to use that as your uh, your basis, well, that's two down. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm tempted to say that it might be take no prisoners, but I don't know. No, My, mine's mine's holy wars the punishment Jew. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, good, just, just good choice. It was, it, it it was the thing. I mean, it opens the album, and it it really struck me as something that I wasn't expecting, and it was just so nice to hear that really lovely speed metal riff at the start and just be completely blown away by like how co- compositionally it was very progressive and totally not what I was, I was expecting and it just really sort of like stuck with me um yeah just just an amazing way to start an album i mean to me it's one of the great album openers yeah um, it's right up there with stuff like um when eagles dare from yeah, Iron Maiden's yeah. peace of mind yeah um or pull me under off dream theaters images and words it's one of the it's one of those like absolute absolute classic tracks. yeah yeah it's it's um, and, it's and very much like that um go on you know this is this is before the era of the the two minute open track that you skip yeah yeah no totally there was none of that none of that futzing about in the nope. 90s there wasn't enough there wasn't enough space on the the vinyl for it yeah yeah if you want a thrash like equivalent i feel like this is the angel of death uh yes <laughs> of uh, this yeah. album yeah yeah, yeah totally um but yeah really really good record um so what would you recommend off the back of Rust in Peace. Hmm. So I was trying to think about this. Obviously. I mean, the obvious, um, the obvious picks are obviously Metallica, Slayer, Anthrax. <laughs> um, see, I, don't, I don't know because for you, my rec- my personal recommendation for you is more Megadeth. Um, <laughs> you should you should listen to Countdown to Extinction, which is although much much longer than Rust in Peace, some excellent tracks like Symphony of Destruction, okay. Sweating Bullets, Countdown to Extinction, the title track. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of good stuff in there. The the one after that, Euthanasia, yep. is also um, 
although quite appallingly named, um, <laughs> has got some very good tracks on it, like uh, Train of Consequences, that was very interesting, complex, Mustini riffs. Yeah, yeah. Um, my Megadeth recommendation for everybody else um, is 2009's Endgame. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And okay, which, which I may have apparently it's, <laughs> apparently it's now ruined because it's named after an Alex Jones book, but I think it's probably the best of their recent albums. Yeah, yeah. and has some really complicated, really fast, fun songs, mm. and it's even got a it's even got a Megadeth ellipsis track. Oh, okay. Which is uh, the hardest part of letting go. Dot dot dot. Sealed with a kiss. <laughs> oh, wow. But it's it's just got a lot of it's just got a lot of silly tracks. I mean, it's got tracks called like "The Right to Go Insane." <laughs> you know, song, I'm pretty sure the chorus is like "Death by the Head Crusher." So it's just ridiculous. <laughs> um, they've they've gone downhill since then, um, and the subsequent albums are not as good. But Endgame, uh, I think, is a is a, a truly excellent excellent modern thrash. Yeah, album. I think as well we need we need to specify that like I think if you're going to f- explore Megadeth you do kind of maybe have to separate the art from the artist ever so slightly otherwise you'll have problems like I did whereas like I have essentially ignored what is otherwise a great band just because of what I'd seen like written about the man you know um so and that's really and that's really hard it, yeah you know, um and and it's I think it's impossible on dystopia so if you're yeah. if you're feeling like you really want to to punish yourself, <laughs> um, I, I I you can give that a listen because even though it's technically all right, I just could not get through it. Yeah, yeah. I just I just couldn't just didn't didn't stick for me. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, uh, so uh, what other recommendations? Um, I think more moderny stuff. Um, Testament are a very good thrash band yep. still still kicking yep um and their their latest album brotherhood of the snakes good but i'd probably go for um 1999's the gathering okay yep which is very fun um yeah i think i think you'll be you'll be down with it from the opening track dnr okay which is do not resuscitate That's the kinda, <laughs> it's kind of like it, it, they're just really fun and i saw them live in oxford and they're very cheap and very fun lovely um, lovely another good one because i'm going to pick three because why not <laughs> is um the latest metallica album which is um hardwired to self-destruct which okay. is the the best ep of um of last year <laughs> but it's not a good album okay, okay. and you should speci- have you listened to it i haven't yet no i've been okay i, I really want to give it a go um and i've been annoyingly like waiting so they did like a three disc version of it, which has some other oh songs. Oh my god! Um, it's a double album. Yeah, um, yeah. but um, all you need to listen to, to so, yeah. there's only four tracks you need to listen to, and they are Hardwired, which is the opening track, yeah. Atlas Rise, which is Metallica does Iron Maiden, and is excellent. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, 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 seriously. Yeah. Um, then you've got Moth into Flame, yeah. and the last track on the album, Spit Out the Bone, which is tremendous modern thrash. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, give give that a go. Skip the rest of it. Um, <laughs> but they, but um, yeah, I mean, Metallica are just so far up their own asses. They're they're too self indulgent. Well, um, I mean, I like yeah. can't, I couldn't get into like Death Magnetic or any of that stuff. Just no, no. couldn't get through it. But Hardwired has some really good tracks. Yeah. So the two records I picked, I I decided to go with one modern, one retro. Um, so for my modern pick, I picked uh, "Enter the Grave" by Evil. Um, I think I may have picked an Evil track uh, album on another recommendation uh, for a different it ring. It does ring a bell. Yeah, but this is very much a sort of like retro revival with the old thrash. There, um, there was a bit of a resurgence of it mid two thousands, little sort of late no, maybe mid to late two thousands. And um, yeah, "Enter the Grave" is an absolutely fantastically just daft fun thrash album by Evil. Um, 
a little bit more on the sort of metally, evilly sounding scale of things. Um, so maybe not so much akin to Megadeth, but you know, it, obviously it's thrash, so that it's, it shares similarities regardless. It's just um, if you're looking for something a little bit more in style of Megadeth, maybe this is a bit of a more of a step into the heavier realm. And I've done the same sort of thing with my retro pick as well. I've decided to go with Sepultura's Arise, which I think mm. um, lends its influence a little bit more closer to Slayer. But again, it is a thrash record through and through. Uh, if you're enjoying, if you're enjoying thrash off the back of um, Rust in Peace, and you want to explore sort of heavier thrash, then Arise is an absolute barnstormer. It is relentless. Um, just. What a great album! Uh, Max Cavalera era Sepultura is just—you can't go wrong. Basically, you can, you can almost pick anything from his era, and uh, you'll, you'll have a great time. They do change ever so stylistically near the end, um, sort of Chaos AD and Roots era, but um, yeah, they're they're a fantastic band. Lots of groove, lot, lots of speed, uh, very much in keeping with Thrash. And uh, yeah, Arise would be my pick, just just because it feels like it's. Um, relevant to the era that we're currently tackling here it's a little bit more retro in style i actually saw them live um sepultura last year okay they were they were supporting um creator oh okay um and we went we we went to went to dublin to see them with my, my family yeah um and i i kind of turned up because the other support band was soil work yeah yes yeah. yeah. so i came for them stayed for the others yep and, and Cre- creator were pretty fun yeah, I, yeah. actually they, they wouldn't be a bad pick but i don't know enough of their back catalog yeah, to, yeah. to pick one um but i don't think there's too many duffers no that's different so well, yeah, I'm really glad you liked. I'm really glad you enjoyed Rest in Peace. Yeah, glad no, you had a lovely time. It was, uh, it, yeah, well, uh, like I say, a real surprise. Um, definitely going to be one. I think I'm going to have to buy. So yeah. Oh, that good, eh? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think I want to go retro as well with it. I think I'll have to buy a cassette version. <laughs> oh, oh, wow! <laughs> if you um, if you get in touch with my brother Paul, there's probably a cassette kicking about our house. He can post you. <laughs> Excellent stuff. <laughs> But yeah, thank you very much uh, for well, that's, introducing that's me to a, an absolute belter there. No, I'm happy to happy to help. I need <laughs> some sepultura now. That could be your way of returning the favor. Oh, there we go. There we go. That and Soulfly. I was listening to Soulfly yesterday. Oh, I recommended that one. God, that new album is fantastic. Ah, oh, there's so much to cover, and that's why Cast Iron will never die. Yeah, we'll be here in our, in our 80s, <laughs> and, and uh, maybe maybe 80s like right. I'm 80 years old. We're finally doing Mastodon. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's been a pleasure um, as always you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cast iron show you can find us on Twitter at cast iron show you can find us on Instagram that's where I like to hang out now yep uh, that's at cast iron show you can follow Lewis on Twitter at Sonic Yoda you can don't follow me on Twitter because <laughs> I only use it for contacting customer services <laughs> oh, sometimes I reply to your tweets yeah so I, I, just, I just I just stalk you and contact app developers to report bugs <laughs> but get on the cast iron instagram because that's where i post whatever i'm listening to and Absolutely. you do the same as well so yeah any fun gigs we're at we've got i've got prog fest coming up in january lovely stuff um, and the headline is um the ocean collective oh okay um which are a <clears throat> sort of german well it's obviously the heavier side of prog yeah, yeah um and we've also got um sky harbor playing you're a really good um indian prog metal band they are i saw um, them in london but yeah. they're a bit of a they're a bit of a uh they were a, a front, niche one they were fronted by the guy from tesseract for a while if i remember correctly yeah it was yeah. dan Tompkins from tesseract yeah. did guest vocals and um you'll never guess who plays on a solo in the first sky harbor album okay go on marty friedman wow 
Oh, it all comes there around. What a lovely comes full circle. Comes full circle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I like right. that a lot. On that note, we have to end the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you very much for joining us again. Obviously, uh, for, for everything Cast Iron Show, please go to castironshow.co.uk. You can get our back catalogue there. And also, uh, if you want to head over to iTunes and give us a, r- a rating and review, that oh, would yeah. really, really, yeah, really help that. us. Um, That'll be good, because yeah. I check every once in a while, and it's really nice. It's yeah, a nice surprise to, to see we've got another, uh, another review, and even better surprise to see it's positive. Yep. And if you can't even be bothered doing that, why not just tell a friend? Word of mouth really does help spread, um, the, you know, our our cause. And just if you can introduce someone else to the podcast, um, that would be fantastic. Because but why not? Why not record a cassette, um, <laughs> Lewis, Lewis style? Copy it somehow. Copy it from your computer to a cassette, and then and give it to them, and then they go. What the hell is this? <laughs> Got a friend with an old car radio. And you go, no, mate, yeah. we used to listen to music in these and you have to wind <laughs> it back in with a pencil and the tape broke. It was great. It was great. <laughs> but yeah, so yes, please, please help us spread the word. It really does help us to reach more people and word of mouth is just as good as any. So yeah, re- really appreciate the help. But until then, bye. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you.